Welcome everybody to another episode of The Precedent, Minds of the Mavericks. My name is Amina, your host, and this week we are back with August Rigo, talking all about his innovation. August has built such a solid name for himself as both a singer and songwriter, taking on all obstacles and turning them straight on their heads to succeed. August is truly the definition of a maverick, and our conversation this week takes an in-depth look at the practices and chances August has taken on himself to become a household name. So let's get right into it. So welcome back, August. Part two is all about your brilliance and how you signified your name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all about the brilliance. And I want to start off because obviously we're in COVID um, and we're in Canada. So restrictions have been really hectic. They're getting a bit better now. How have you adapted during COVID? And it's actually, Um, actually in LA right now, which is nice to... Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, we were lucky right now, like the travel restrictions were lifted, the travel bans were lifted, we were able, we were able to travel. Um, yeah, it's, it's actually been kind of a blessing, you know, I've got to stay home with like my family yeah. and, and kick it and not really have to worry about like constantly traveling like I normally do. Yeah. Which, which has been great. And, you know, I've been able to spend not just like my wife and daughter, but like the rest of my family, my mom and dad, grandma's, wow. aunts and stuff. So, yeah, and I've been able to work, you know, I've been able to maintain, you know, just some like work coming in through the pipes, whether it be, you know, domestic artists or international things. And I've been able to just, you know, make music the whole time. So That's it was really a, cool. yeah, like I, you know, obviously I didn't wish for a pandemic, but yeah. we made the, we definitely made the best of it. For sure. sure. And obviously it's like, it's you can still create and we live in such a time where you're able to create yeah your laptop or your phone even whatever it is but it's always obviously nicer to be in studio with people and yeah. like feeding off people's energies it's like sick that you've mm-hmm. gone to have, and it's like i think a recurring um what's the word i keep hearing it from everybody where they're like yo i just got to take a break during covid which i think yeah, yeah. didn't realize they needed yeah it was a nice it wasn't even a for, for us it wasn't really a break it was just more a break from everything. A slowdown. A slowdown. Like you got to stop yeah. and smell the roses. For me, I yeah. was like, yo, I'm, I'm gonna stop and smell the roses. They smell really nice. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, we was, we was, we was, uh, we was chilling. We had a good time. That's I amazing. Mean, was, yeah. Are you excited for things to pick up? Like, are you excited for your life to get back? Like, really? I'm excited. I'm actually excited to get back home. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Fair. Um. um make sure you. Yeah. Know, get your covid test in time because i got denied a flight home and it oh really home. damn yeah yeah crushing yeah it wasn't uh it wasn't great uh, they're, That's capital- annoying. they're capitalizing on, on us canadians um <laughs> uh so in last episode we left off with how you and brian actually met so you were saying that he was like yo like i'll pay you for some songs yeah and you're like yo let's like turn that into a collaborative like a creative collaborative yeah and like that's how summer child records was born so Summer Child Records originally was just me and Jeanette. Okay. It was kind. It was kind of like my label name that I made up a while back. Yeah. And um, you know Jeanette was you know she was my girlfriend, but she was my artist. You know I was you know doing her stuff like I was doing all of her stuff or like yeah. you know getting creatively putting the music together and writing with her. So we, that's how we first, like, that was the first release off, off of Summer Child wow. Records, was just, like, Jeanette's stuff. And then when I met Benji and Brian, I was like, well, you can pay me, like, to make songs. That's cool. But I was like, well, you know, you guys have a, 
a network of people that I should be tapped into. And I think I have a network of people you can be tapped into. Um, let's just kind of work together and you know figure this out together. You know, it'll be, I think that some of our parts are gonna be greater than it's gonna, you know. What's the saying? I always mess up the saying. <laughs> Some of, our, the, some of the parts are greater than the whole, the whole I don't know, whatever. But yeah, okay. <laughs> together, we'd be better together. Was, uh, that, that was the sentiment behind it. We'll be better together. Yeah. You know, you know, I can make music for y'all. You can help me with the, you know, the navigate some of the, you know, independent fan bases. Um, you know, figure out how to function on like an independent level. Like in, yeah. when I say independent of like the record labels and like yeah. depending on advances and stuff like that, you know, they've been able to function outside of that realm yeah. you know, for the last decade as well. So I was like, yo, let's figure something out. And we just, you know, just started working together. And that's how the whole, that's how the whole kind of team blossomed. That's really that. dope. And, and like, yeah. do you, you do distribution also? Or you guys do like third party distribution? Yeah, no, well, we, dis we distribute through United Masters. Nice. That's yeah. a great one, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we've been with them from like the very, very, very beginning. So, like, sick. Yeah. So that's, that's how we've been distributing our stuff. And it's been pretty cool. Like, you know, everybody has a vehicle now to, to release their music. Yeah. And that's like a nice feeling, I'm assuming. I think we're obviously seeing this huge trend of people being like, yo, fuck it. I want to be independent. Yeah. And like, just, you know, like it's, you can, you can, if you can capitalize on your like little fan base, your niche of fans yeah. and like make, you know, they're, they're out there, 100%. Um, you know, some bigger than others, but if you can capitalize on it and kind of organize yourself right, you don't have to sell a million records, like a record, you know, like a major yeah. um artists would have to to recoup you know you you know you're handling your balances and you, you know your checks and balances and you can kind of make it for nothing if you do it all yourself yeah like more, it's more sweat equity and then you can now you have the option to distribute the royalty so when it's become something like you know decently big you can take a few thousand here and there and be like hey i don't have budget to pay you producer big producer a but I could give you the royalties and shit like that. Yeah. And that's, yeah, you sell a hundred thousand records independently versus on a label, you know, you're getting, let's say it's cost 10 bucks. You're probably getting 90% of that, or at least 80% yeah. of that on your, on your master, 10 bucks a piece. No. That's fire, bro. That's, that's a lot of, yeah. that's a lot of money. <laughs> it <Yeah>. is. <laughs> it is for sure. Um, now to get, to get it there is another question, but it's possible yeah and like that that's the thing it's like there's a balance like there's obviously pros and cons of both being independent and being with a label because like a label mm. for example has a whole team behind like the whole marketing and distribution and all that shit shit one second yeah sorry i know you're yo what's good i'm just doing a little podcast joint right now what's up podcast joint yeah yeah, yeah. a little interview man i'm at the stew i'm at the stew <laughs> Oh, I'm on Zoom. Oh, you always doing some shit, man. You always getting in the song. <laughs> I'm working, man. You guys coming down? Are you guys done? Yeah, I got done. Fucking Andrew uh, just got picked up by his brother, so. All right, I'm he I'm here, man. I'm here. I'm eating like a cheap. All right, I'll hit you tomorrow, or I'll hit you after I'm done. I bet. 
All right, peace. That's, ben- <laughs> that's Benji. Oh, that's jokes. That's amazing. That's Benji. Yeah, that's, yeah. I fucking, I, that's one thing I actually really like about COVID is just that, like, I feel like people feel more in control of their own time. And, like, for me, like, this podcast isn't to be super strict and be like, yo, fuck that. Like, you just have phones. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, it's life now. And I appreciate it. So, yeah. I was saying last, I'm like, I have a landline. That shit goes off in episode two that I just released. Landline yeah. is fucking going off. And I was like, bruh, fucking answer <laughs> the phone, dad. Um, I want to get back into, so I want to take it back a bit. I want to get into how you got into some of the places you did. Because when we spoke last week, I mean, yeah, last week, you literally went in blind you had some connections you had some friends here and there yeah you were getting your name out but like were there people in the states for example who helped you or like you kind of just like what so so it kind of like i ended up working under this uh production company called the track masters like i was working in their house um you know i was making beats writing songs engineering and doing you know I was like kind of the shit guy, like, you know, like, you yeah. know, the, the everything, the utility dude, the house. Yeah. And then, um, I don't know, one day I was just like, yo, I got to go home. Like, this is the tame version of the story, but like, <laughs> I was like, yo, I got to go home. I got to make some money. I've been out here for like a year and a half and I was writing a song a day, you know, sending wow. songs out. I was going, like, I was really learning because I was in this house and there was tons of amazing producers in there. Um, and when I got there, I was like, oh, shit, my stuff is not that good. I am like, wow. I was like, oh, okay. There's, if, if this is how my stuff is being looked at, I was like, it definitely is not this level. But if I'm here, yeah. then I'm here. Okay, I'm here for a reason. I can, I know, maybe it's because I know that my shit can be better. And, you know, I was able to listen to these, you know, other producers, other, other songwriters and be like, oh, okay. There's like a level up from where I'm where I'm functioning right now. I can Hold on. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> K-Town. Um yeah, I was like, oh, I can really take this up another notch. Like I thought it was nice. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I'm not that good. But I was like, oh, but this is this is better. Like, you know, that's a refreshing, that was a really refreshing feeling. Like, oh, oh wait, shit. sorry, sorry, hold on. So you're saying like you listen like you kind of like i'm going home you listen to your shit and then you listen to other stuff and you're like oh what the fuck like no like, like i like, listened yeah. i no like i listened to their songs i was like oh their shit is fire like production wise or like yeah production wise, wise oh. saw some of the and then the songs like the different because there's always like a group of producers and then there was a bunch of top liners right like yeah we're like the people that come in and write a song for you and <laughs> Um, so there's a bunch of different top liners and they're like all good. And I was like, oh, these are f- fire. Like one of the songs that I heard was from like Neo Road. I was like, oh my God, what is this? <laughs> like these are fucking joint. Oh no, wait, it wasn't Neo. I don't know who it was, but they were like, yo, these are fucking joints. Okay. Like, I want to ask him though, like, how do you, how do you decide if it's like really, like, unless it like really sounds bad? Cause like, yo, the amount of like want to be like, yeah, fair. No, right? it's it just, it's but it's just, also self awareness, right? right? On the other side, it's like, okay, yeah, I guess. But for me, it's just, it's strictly preference. Oh, I, I like this. It, it had nothing to do with a genre thing, but it was definitely more on the urban R&B hip hop side of things. Yeah. But that was what I was into or what I'm, you know, usually into. So I was like, when I heard it, it was just right in the pocket of like, oh, this is, 
this is what I have to be doing to get to oh, the next level. Interesting. Okay. I need to be, I need to be here. Like I was good. I was cool. I could put together a song, but there was like, oh, I really like that kind of place helped me level up. So I, you know, I just kept working on it. Like it, it, it was like, oh, you have to work. Like there's some real fucking room for improvement here, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you, got, you better get your shit together. That's amazing. Yeah, so, you yeah, go, so okay, I, you figure it out, you go home. Mm-hmm, and then- I go home, crazy. So this is the exact, this is how it happened. And we just, I just talked to him about this, but um, so I went home and there was this um, DJ, uh, uh, DJ Stylus Awards. And okay. this, this rapper, Rodala came to me and he introduced me to this guy named Boy Wonder. Oh, wow. And was, yeah, and he was like, yo, August, Boy Wonder, you know, August did a cover on this I ever had, blah, blah, blah. That was that was it. And Wonder was like, wow. yo, let's, uh, can I come to your house and write a song? So I was like, yeah. So we write a song. He goes to New York and does, you know, you know his deal or his first deal. And he had a song of mine. And that's kind of how, <laughs> that's kind of how the, like up. Sony was like made aware of like my existence my deal and yeah. eventually ended up at sony but that's how like that first awareness in that yeah in that in that light came to be and then just news kind of went got back and then i ended up back in the same house and um that's when the wheels really started turning and like you know i was getting booked with big producers and that's so cool or other producers were taking a chance and you know wasting a session on trying me out yeah you know a couple of songs and you know that was like you know that was like kind of the proving period and that's what that's kind of what opened the opened the doors for me that's super safe for the industry yeah and then yeah so like you're scraping together pennies to get to new york and la and do the like get into these rooms and whatnot and you get a chance meeting with la reed how does that even happen so by the time i met la reed i had my first publishing deal in place so that was because, because what was happening around that time, like, I um, I had just done the Justin Bieber stuff. Yeah. So I had just written "You Smile." This is the first meeting with La Reed was before he heard "You Smile." It was my manager at the time saying, "I have, I want to play your next hit or whatever he said." Wow. Okay. Know. Yeah. Whatever he said. So. Yeah, he's had yeah 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 you know that's fucking a huge part of the game which is crazy (laughs) so he um yeah i go in and i and i play this song and ellie reed was like yeah i need that for the kid i need that for the kid and then um he was like who's singing and i was like oh that's me and he he kind of looked over his desk and he was like where's your album and i was (laughs) like oh what do you mean like and this is this is like me after being in like every record label in the um in a free world basically you know all the major yeah. record labels and i'm playing all these same songs um nobody asked me about my artist uh situation or anything like that but you know la reed first like you know I, he listened to me sing and then he kind of looked at my outfit and he was like oh well you dress like an artist you sound like an artist wow. let me hear your album so i played him a song and then he actually made me showcase right there so no way. yeah like he brought his like it was it was cool it was just like you know you'd think it was yeah. would happen in like a, a movie so like this actually happened like he called all his female staff in there and uh 
what yeah, yeah yeah it was all it was all like the girls i guess and then i guess how he judges the i guess i don't know um yeah and i just did like a I just kind of like did an impromptu performance and mind you like I kind of pretended to sing my heart out but I couldn't sing at the time because I was so <laughs> tired I was so tired my voice was raw as fuck I remember but I kind of just like you know emoted myself out yeah. of it, you know I kind of just you know played the parts and Amazing. shit and then um yeah and then like a week later he gave, so he gave me a record deal i got a record deal. that's crazy, crazy. i want to yeah. like unpack a couple things there because i think yeah. it's important that you said that like yeah your manager's supposed to hype you mm. um some advice i recently got from lenny santiago vice president of senior vice president of rock nation he was just like yo if you are presenting an artist and i don't feel like i've missed out you're not doing a good job like, and that's exactly what you or your manager has to do. So it's like people in the industry, like need to realize, like, it can't just, yeah, sure. It can be your boy, like being your manager, but your boy has to sell the fuck out of you. Like, we need to know yeah. that, like, you're going to be the next big thing. And the second thing I want to say is that, like, did you have your look curated? Like, because I mean, no, you, like, uh, it was just, and I look back on like the look, it was like, <laughs> it's pretty fucking horrible, to be honest. No way. Yeah, I mean, what was it? Do you remember? Or like an idea? It was, it was over the top. I was going for like, you know, I always went for fucking like, just a little over the top. Like I always had this vision of this artist, you know, like, like this artist who was, you know, fucking leather jackets with like rivet, rivets, fucking big ass feather, like a foot long feather earring. Oh um, my god, oh my god, what year is this? Uh, 2010, 2011. Oh shit, okay, so yeah, the feather was on trend, like, girls had feathers. Yeah, I had, like, I had, like, yeah, I had, like, um, painted nails and shit. Wow, did you have, like, the little Louis Vuitton coin pouch and, like, the, the fucking squirrel tail, or whatever the tail was? Oh, yeah, like, I had that one, once, <laughs> once in a while, I, I once, on, once in a while, I rocked that, okay. but I was more about, like, rings and bracelets, like, I always had, like, like five bracelets on. <laughs> Amazing. Like the little beaded ones or like like Yeah, beaded ones, oh, cool. no leather, <laughs> you know, leather bands of sorts. But that was uh, of the time. So it's like, yeah, okay, maybe like when you look back, like it's like, yeah. oh shit. But like, yeah, back then, like that was the shit. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know. This is a little, <laughs> like, I'm like, whoa, bro, that's a lot. You have a lot on there. Oh, that I was my, but that was my strategy. Like you know, like I, it was like overtly like, oh yeah, I am an artist. Yeah. You know? Like That's a fucking half my head was, half my head was shaved with a mohawk. Oh, it's oh my crazy. god! Well, crazy. amazing. It's like you're like literally screaming 2010s right now with everything you just. Yeah. Said. It's amazing. It's amazing. I think yeah. yeah, that was cool for the time. Like it was cool. Like yeah, like, I guess oh, yeah, god. it's cool. Yeah. The, the the mindset was in the right place though. Yeah, a hundred. That, that guy was fucking locked in. <laughs> That guy was locked the fuck in. He was ready to fucking roll. Like, yo. Oh my god. I step out the room like, ooh, yeah, let's go. We're let's ready, go. For, yeah. ready for the day. A hundred percent. So yeah, yeah, okay. So you've been signed to LA, you got signed to LA Reed, and like after that, you've gotten into so many cool ventures. Um, one which I was like super fucking surprised about. You were um a vocal coach on America's Got Talent. <laughs> yeah. How the fuck does that even happen? Like you're so talented, they list you to help with talent. Again, like, okay, so like, I, okay, I'm not trying to downgrade myself, but yes, I do have sure. that ability. <clears throat> um, 
and there's a lot of but i say that to say there's a lot of people that with yeah. that ability um i'm i had just happened to be working in that circle in like i was working in london a lot on these new x factor groups oh um, you know like i was in that circuit yeah. of like oh let's write a song for the next american idol person you know and i was the person one of the people that was in at the head of the label that was in charge of the reality tv side of things yeah um i had i had done a couple of songs for when he was in AR somewhere else and it was a, a relationship thing like it was a yeah. relationship thing so, um so yeah i i it just happened to have that ability you know, <laughs> yeah i could i could definitely vocal coach these kids like, i can definitely do that you know um so yeah, but again, that was also a relationship that you know, like it's a weird opportunity, right? So like, where the hell, how the hell do you get that? So yeah, I yeah. Like, I was so I was like, wait, yeah. what? Did I read that right? Because yeah, like to strange. me, that's just so random. Like it's it's a it's a so it, was, it was it was a very interesting look into like, and it's not as deep. It's probably even deeper now, but like into reality television and how the yeah. producers interact with the you know the talent and how you're you know, you're kind of hmm, yeah. pushed a certain direction. You know, it's yeah. cra- it's I've crazy. I've definitely heard that before. I've definitely heard that before. There was someone, like a girl from like the city I'm in and like something about like how, like the way they edited her, yeah. her time on TV. Like, I think it was like Simon Cowell or something. She was like, this is yeah. really bad. But they were like, no, they told me to sing this. She came out after me like, they told me to sing yeah. this. Yeah. Like, like- I wasn't, I didn't get like too much TV time. Like I was mostly, but I spent a lot of time with the artists, like working on the weekends, like tidying, tightening up their songs because, you know, it was, that's, that was like the job. So it was, that's, that's super dope. Like I think that's yeah. just, and I was like, the, I was like the coach. I'd be like, you know, before the day before like show day, like, you know, I'd be like, <laughs> I mean, I'd be there in the dressing room before the performance. Okay. Like, hey, you want to, you want to warm up a little bit? We do wow. a little, yeah, we do a little warm up. <laughs> and, uh, okay i got three guys singing today you know i usually had like two or one or two every show every taping yeah so come and then you know rehearse them up That's... okay you ready then i go to the balcony and i just watch them it's, it was cool it was yeah. cool it was like how long did you like... do that for there's only one season nice nice i did it for one season and then yeah. um yeah but it was cool it was a good experience so. that's dope yeah and then like i was yeah so i'm like going through like who August Rigo is and what he does. And then next thing I see, like after fucking America's Got Talent, it's like you're the executive producer on Music Soul Child's album. Oh yeah, that was a fucking, that was awesome. That's that was it. like, cause it was like more of, it wasn't like me, it sounds a lot more glamorous than it is. Like it wasn't like I got to sit with music and you were like fucking knee deep into creating this album, you know, okay. whatever. Um, I, you know, I had done a couple of songs for him previously. And at the end of the cycle, I guess, when they were almost done the album, they were like, we need, we need more songs. So they were like, can you come in? Can you come in? And we have the beats that music likes. Can you come and just write, you know, write some demos for him and you know, yeah. put, some, put some songs down. So I went in and I did like, I don't know four or five songs that week and then i just happened to have so much real estate on the album that you know i was able to kind of curve the sound of i guess sonic of that album and yeah you know, it uh 
warranted an executive producer credit because I had so many songs. On that's that. still fucking sick, yo. Like, what the fuck? That's I guess that's, that's what was negotiated. But yeah, no, I mean, it was... I did mean, you negotiate really that yourself? No, no, no. My manager did all that. Okay. The time, okay. did all that for me. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I was... Uh, I mean, I was the hugest, I'm still the hugest music soul shop fan. So yeah. that's like one of the like highlights of, you know, life being able to like listen, to, have listened to somebody and then be, you know, that involved in the album. Was just yeah. And was it your manager who brought you in touch with music soul shop for this album? Well, I mean, I'm sure it came through that sort of connection, but it was, yeah, I believe they were just, they were just looking for songs for him and looking for songwriters. Um, and I had submitted a couple of songs, like a couple of demos. Mm-hmm. Like I did a session and they were like, oh yeah, we're going to write for Music Soul Child today. So I would, I wrote a Music Soul Child song and they liked that one. Yeah. And that's how I guess that was, intru- I was introduced because he was, I think he was signed to Warner at the time. So cool. somebody at Warner had my songs and that, yeah, that's, I guess that's how it goes. For sure. That's super dope. And I like, I love that because like, I feel like you've been able to create so many opportunities for yourself and in the last episode we spoke about how like the industry was kind of like oh we don't really know what to do with you like mm. and it, yeah it, like some things didn't pan out the way you anticipated and i think what's so cool about you is that you were able to create your own path because a lot of people well, i mean not a lot of people but like it is very discouraging and people might give up and be like yo well i guess like the music industry is it for me per se but you create you found and you created opportunities for yourself yeah how did you like develop that resilience and turn that into innovation? Um, you know, I don't think there was anything intentional about any of that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds, you know, grand and, and, but it was just, I mean, I guess the resilience comes from like a little bit of stubbornness, you know, a little bit of tunnel vision. Yeah. Um, and then a little bit of like ego and you know this is what i want to do for the rest of my life you know i, I gotta yeah. find out i gotta figure out a way to you know and you just do it you, you do it and you know you learn you know when you're stifled you learn some more and you kind of you you know you you have you either sink or swim right yeah 100 evolve or die right yeah and i think even in like even more so now in today's time it's like mm-hmm. you need to create the opportunities you want because obviously there's so much available for us to create certain things so it's like right. if you're not forging your own path essentially you might get yeah. left behind a lot faster well i just don't want to be i can't i can't depend on a paycheck you know then i then i'm yeah. putting my life in somebody else's hands for sure um you know and, and it works for most but i i i've never developed that side of my uh, of myself you know i've been yeah. working like this all my life so it's it's hard to like kind of you know yeah it's also a stubbornness of change you know he's like yeah this is what i do and i love it so yeah and i think that's sick like i think that's sick also because mm-hmm. it is annoying if like i know i've, I've not necessarily work corporate but like i've not fared well in the office i've just yeah. like, oh, this is kind of lame like yeah. i don't like this <laughs> yeah and the, you know it's it's all it's all relative right like we're not all the same. Like we're yeah. different people. Some people need, want, fall. I don't know. Whatever their choice would be, do or you know, there's a certain that they they do that. You know, some people that's it's cool and it's Absolutely. that's all they want. You know, and that's yeah. it. And there's and some wrong people with that. can't. Some people can't fit into that. You know, in the same way, like some people can't fit into what you know we do. It's, 
100 percent. it's just fucking it's just different right yeah yeah and i think that's another thing too it's like we need to stop glamorizing that everybody needs to be an entrepreneur and like doing their own thing because it's like it no it it's not for everybody a nine to five isn't problematic at all like yeah it works for some people and that's absolutely fine it's just how you value yourself and how what you want right yourself. um and like going into that like the innovative part like you have twitch sessions all the time mm-hmm. and i think that's like such you're an early adapter to twitch and uh, twitch has been around for some time but like yeah i think like you're a tastemaker where you're showing like how you make songs how did that idea come up um so my boy benji was able to funny I uh, was able to link me up with, you know, um, a Twitch partnership and Sweet. they, you know, I was already streaming previously and I did it, you know, I do, I was doing a lot on Instagram uh, and on, on my IGTV mm-hmm. and I think they're just looking for, you know, musicians to build up their music side of their platform. Yeah. So, you know, it's fun for me. It's, it's like what I normally would not show anybody. You know, I very rarely have even people in the studio. And then now I have like, you know, a small but very devoted, uh, very cool, like group of followers that are all creatives as well. Yeah. Um, And, you know, they get to see under the hood of like how I'm thinking. And it's and I always like preach. It's just my process, you know. Yeah. Like I just want people to take the different pieces that they can from just watching what I do on an everyday on my um you know during my writing sessions yeah and you know apply it to their own creative stuff and you know i do like question and answers i don't have a lot of people so i'm able to answer questions and you know give like you know what my insight is on specific things vocal chains and things like that yeah how how or why i'm writing the song you know and i think that's really interesting because the platform is really great for that because obviously it can it's so interactive and then because it can feel so intimate yeah just feel like they're more a part of things and it was like some you reposted someone's story like a month or two ago and they were like yo you're the reason i started producing or you were my inspiration and i think, yeah it's crazy i think that's so important because i think a lot of people are very very secretive about their process obviously for whatever they don't want their ideas getting stolen mm. but to me that shows your level of creativity and brilliance because you're building a you're building a community but also i genuinely believe people who are good at what they do don't feel intimidated by the talents of others or yeah. others succeeding. Yeah. I think it's also, you know, there is, um, there's a lot of this new generation of creatives and producers and writers that are, you know, being very um, generous with their sonics and their tips and their, and their drum sounds. I yeah. think it's uh, more, more so now than ever. It's, it's getting to a, a really good, there's really good community of producers and creators, whether they have their own cliques amongst each other. Mm-hmm. Um, people are more inclined not to like, yo, Tia, here's some, here's the stuff that I do now. Yo, yeah. see if you can do something like that, you know, that's really better. Nice. Yeah. That's like really nice here. And I like, yeah, for example, like Boy Wanda has a partnership with Bacardi and he has like several female DJs. Yeah. Producers. And I was like, this is so brilliant. Like, this is amazing. Like, this is such a sick initiative and like things like that is really good to see. And I agree with what you say. Like, I think that like this generation is a lot more helpful. Cause like, if you're on TikTok ever, you see people yeah. all the time making beats and it's, it's like, Oh shit. This is but so- it's also, if you watch TikTok and reels and stuff, it's also like about now the behind the scenes. Yeah. Like, how did I do that? 
like yeah. now now people want the level behind that right it's like yeah. it's like people are growing their following by okay this is a cool video and this is how i did this cool video because there's now so many aspiring influencers people yeah. that want to do what these people are doing yeah 100 and i think too it comes from consumerism also where like we want more of our artists like we we know we, we almost feel entitled to it we're like yo you're supposed to be showing us more of what you do right. on the scenes and it's like right. i guess like people are it's a two-way street and people are mm-hmm. driving on both sides <laughs> but i do like that you like you know your own capabilities and, and like you've embraced it and created a community because we're stronger in numbers and to me that's like what a maverick is and it was like was that the intention for you when you started these twitch streams or was it kind of just like the way it panned out um you know like there's you know there's the intention of like making money right okay this yeah. is a good way to generate some income yeah um but also build a community um also a way to kind of it's also a, like a living resume of what i can do Sweet. you know if somebody wants to see you know the, somebody says oh yeah that kid august he's dope you should check him out you know if they're so inclined they can just you know pop into a twitch session and be like yeah, let me see what what he does yeah and on you know in any given session you can see what i do like you know whether i'm writing or producing or mixing or you know whatever yeah. so you can kind of catch a vibe for what i i do there so you know that's again like that's another reason it's a living resume and you know it's just a it's a place for me to create with other yeah. in a in like my own space yeah. but also um I'm able to trade energies with, you know, That's other creatives, you know? So yeah, it's a bunch yeah. of stuff. It's a bunch of stuff. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like you're so respected by your peers and the industry. Talk to us about how you created the brand August. Cause I think there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like, uh, what's the, I don't even know what I'm trying to, it's a lot of you and building relationships and good energy. Mm-hmm um in terms of like to be honest it's funny you were saying you just you said something about um yeah when they were like uh, we don't really know what to do with you right yeah um and in thinking about i'm like yeah you know what i can't be mad because (laughs) i i don't even know what to do with me half the time right but I'm willing to take, you know, to take a <laughs> shot, ever, you know, to try them all out, you know, to try out all the different ways I can do yeah. it. Um, how do you try it all the, okay, I want to say though, how do you try out all the ways without getting lost in the sauce, essentially? Because I've seen some artists who like, they're like, yo, like I can do whatever, but in actuality, it's kind of just messy. Like it shows that there's like a lack of cohesion yeah. in the artistry almost. I think it's all about intention. You know, I think it's all about intention. You know, there's, you know, you can have a concept and like, you know, there's like different levels you hear the music at, I think, right? There's this, yeah. you know, this, you know, bare like minimum kind of level where you can hear the melodies and they're catchy and cool, I can hear that again. And then there's, you know, like listening to the way the melody is interacting with the chords, you yeah. know, and why you like that melody so much. And you may not be cluing into that, but that fact 
those are factors that factor and you can sing the same melody over a different set of chords and it'll create a certain like a totally different mood yeah so yeah there's that too there's the way the music is interacting with you know the sorry the melodies interacting with the chords interesting yeah yeah that's yeah that's cool and like sorry so like we were yeah we were talking about how you created your brand and that's how we got into this little oh yeah so yeah i've never really sorry i went on a tangent there no um, no 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 i i, I created that tangent because yeah, yeah. i was I never, curious yeah i never really um i never really thought about like the brand of august you know i kind of just to be honest, I was just doing what I had to do to get by, you know, yeah. write songs, produce songs, you know, I really just wanted to be an artist. So um, a lot of it was just as a means to create opportunities for my artist career, you know, or just the ability yeah. to keep doing stuff for myself. You know? Yeah, I'd always have to, you know, write songs for other people, uh, you know, so that I can or do some other stuff outside of my own artist thing to kind of make money because my artist and generate the amount of money that I needed to, you know, yeah, to keep going. So it was always like a revolving door. For sure. Yeah. Um, and I think that like you've, I would say like, it seems like you've also like built laterally with people and that's like how yeah. you built this community, which I think is really, really important. And it's funny because Toronto is known as like the screw face capital where everybody's a fucking asshole, but like we have so many great people. Like we genuinely- There's so many, there's so many nice people out there. A hundred percent. Yeah, like I, I feel like, you know, the a hundred percent of the Toronto producers I've met are fucking cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. are fucking cool. And more Absolutely. than happy to collab and do a bunch of stuff, so. For sure. And I want to mention this because I think it's really important for a couple of reasons. I reached out to you cold, like we didn't know this beforehand. And you were like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. And I was like, what? Oh my God, really? Oh. I was so excited. And it's really funny because I'm about to go on a tangent, but I think it's really important. So I've known about you since like 2012. And I want to speak about Kill Me. Mm. You told me the story about how it gone to radio, but I would like you to tell that again after. Yeah. Um, and back in whatever, you come in and out of my life all the time. Like I'm always like, always randomly being like, yo, what's August up to? And then um, la in 2019, I just come back from uh, Singapore. Singapore Social comes out, which is a show on Netflix, a, a reality TV show, and Tabitha Nauser's on it. And then shortly oh, after, yeah. in 2019, she releases like a short EP and Warning Signs, the first song on there. And I'm listening to it, I'm like, there's a male voice here. Who's this male voice? And I always end up- That's so anyway. hilarious. Yeah. Like, August Regal, what the fuck? What the, what is he, what? That's Anyways. Young Tabitha, wow. Yeah, and then, so this is end of 2019. And then last year in in April or so, I was re-watching the show. And then I go back into this tangent, uh, this like black hole of like Tabitha and like you. And then I'm like, talking to my my best friend nick and our our friend tara she just uh opened up a photography studio in toronto shout out 550 studios and he was like yo why doesn't tara shoot music videos in the studio i was like i don't know the way the space is set up i don't know if they can do it he then sends me the it's not fair video with you and you and tim and i was like wow he's like yeah look at this video it could be like this and i was like what the fuck i literally was in a black hole all about August Regal, like yesterday. That's so what the funny. actual fuck. And then I was like, yeah. So this like podcast idea is coming up, and I'm like, I need to. I have like, 
It That's would be a dream. so funny. Yeah, it would be a dream. Whoa. Yeah. The, and then, the universe <laughs> was like, Burr. yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, you, you hit me back because, like, obviously, I just cold messaged you on Instagram with my personal because I didn't have mm-hmm. an Instagram for my podcast yet. Nothing had even happened. Yeah. And you were I, like, I was so surprised. Like, I was just like, oh my God, what? And you were so I mean, excited. Yeah, like, Here's my number. Here's my email. Let's do this. And I was like, oh my God, what? And so I'm, I'm saying this because it shows that, like, you pay it forward, you create opportunities for other people, which is really important because like you were like, when we initially spoke in last episode, you were like, yo, I've been through a lot of shit. I would love to chop it up and like, let other people know kind of what to expect, which yeah. I think is great. And it also shows how much of a mark you've made on the game. Your name is fucking everywhere. And I That's think fucking so fucking hilarious. Cool. I That's love hilarious. it. Like, I was like, yo, this is fucking sick. Like this is, it was, it was just it was just one of those moments and i was like this is like too eerie that's so funny well you know what your your message was very professional it was uh oh, you know, thank it was you. sent out very nice i was like yo this is legit this is cool like she seems whatever she's doing it's, it seems pretty organized so i'll do it sure why not that's so funny it's so funny yeah. because i'm always like graphic i'm like yo this isn't good. like my I think I'm a horrible writer. Like I can speak to people really well. I'm a great conversationalist, but I'm always in my head about writing things. Like it takes me yeah. like days sometimes to write like a small message. And then I get my best friend who's like a, like a professor. I'm like, yo, can you edit this? Cause I don't think this makes sense. And he's like, yeah. this is fine. And it's so funny that you say you that. You know what also, I think I figured out, figured you were from Toronto as well. And I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Let's get it. Let's get it. That's amazing. It's so funny. Cause I'm always I mean, like, I'm hard on myself. Cause I'm just yeah. like, I think I'm an idiot. People are so professional. They're going to think like, oh my God, she's just like this child who's like doing that. And I'm like, wow, like that's, that's really nice to hear. Thank you so much. Like, I'm, o- I'm always, I'm always fucking down, man. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. 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 It's, that's great. Yeah. I just want to get into the subject because I think it's super cool. Um, get into how Kill Me got on the radio. So that song was like my first indie release, like in terms of like, when I say indie, like nobody just kind of like putting it out for people to see, to hear, and then like telling, you know, telling, hey man, I have a song out. If you want to run it, here's the song, you know? Um, and my friend, Jester, God bless him, he was working at G98. Nice. So he played it. And that's how like 93.5. So Justin hit me and he's like, can I, can I play this? And I was like, sure. I was at the time living in New York. So, and I was transitioning from moving to New York to LA. So I was kind of caught up in the songwriter thing. I didn't know that the song was busting down there. Like I didn't know that the song was playing a lot. And when I came back, people were like, yo, even T-Rex was like, yo, that's you. Wow. Yeah, I didn't like, I, it's like a, not that I regret anything, but it's my one regret that like, I didn't spend, that was a time where I could have just said, yo, I'm going to go back to Toronto and chill out. But I just didn't know. I didn't have the foresight, you know, I didn't have the foresight and nor did I have the, like at the time, my whole mindset was like, yo, I got to make records and write these songs for other artists. Um, and I never had a chance to capitalize on that. And that shit was Holy like, fuck. Even, till, even, even till this day, people are like, yo, man, that song is crazy. So I, that's why I put it up on streaming just so it's out there. I saw um, it and I lost my shit. I was like, yo, yeah. thank fucking God. Cause like, you're trying to find it on like YouTube and like, obviously YouTube doesn't open like yeah. close all that shit. And I was like, thank God. Oh my God. Actually, 
It's actually a slightly, slightly different mix, but it's it's actually a little bit better. The streaming version is better than the old mix. That's for sure. I was watching the video today, actually, and I was like, man, this is this is like it's crazy to see because I don't think I ever saw the video. Oh I, yeah. I and I was like watching, I was like, oh shit, this is from 2012. Holy fuck, like this is this yeah. is 2012. And I can't believe it because it doesn't like sound like that. Like, I don't it's, know. I love that song. I shot that video, like that's all in Emperingham in my Mal- in Malvern in my old neighborhood. Yeah. And 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 then like, you know, just it's kind of like a a parallel to my life where where I started off and where I, you know, where you know yeah. ended up in end up in a city and whatever but yeah man, i love that video it was fun it was just it was like a gorilla style video like me and my friends like yo okay shoot me here shoot me yeah here. Shoot me yeah here. But, and that's the best stuff where it's like you don't have to think about it yeah like, that's how it got on radio anyway yeah it's so interesting how like songs get on radio there's um vice does this like little mini series of like how songs mm. became big and one of them yeah. was on it wasn't me by shaggy and like the yeah. label was like yo fuck this like we're dropping this it's not happening and some dj in hawaii downloaded it off napster started playing it all the time and that's how the song became big it was crazy how things happen like Uh, you never know like my boys they did they had this song um that they're canadian now why you gotta be so rude oh my god someone sent me that song the other day and i was like yo i used to play that song really i worked at yeah you know they're all you know first (laughs) off they're all canadian 100 percent um mark is actually from mississauga the guitar player shut up yeah, he's from Mississauga. Um, Nazri, the lead singer, me and him used to used to be really good friends back in the day. We used to do like bar gigs together. That's so funny. Um, yeah, but their song got big in Australia. Yeah, it. They, I, I'm pretty sure they went to Trinidad, or at least that song was big in Trinidad. And I was like, because <laughs> it was telling me about it. And I was like, how the fuck do you guys know this song? Like, that's so random. I mean, yeah, it is. It, you know what? It's a sick song. Like, that's one of those perfect songs. I literally songs, love man. that song. It's, yeah. So I, at the time when that song came out, I worked at Public Mobile, which is this like crappy fucking cell phone store in a kiosk. Mm. And I used to play that 25 seven. Like I wouldn't give that song a break. It, like I love that song. I absolutely fucking love that song. And it's so funny. that you My know. friend played that for me like a year and a half or Nazri played that for me like a year and a half, two years before they put it out. And no I way. Yeah, and I heard I was like, damn, that is a fucking smash, bro. Yeah, like, uh, it definitely was. Undeniably. Literally, someone sent crazy. it to me yesterday, yeah. and I was losing my shit. I was like, fuck, this song is so good. Like, Yeah, it's a fucking great song. It's a great song. Um, I don't want to get back into writing. So, like, in last okay. episode, we spoke about you're able to create such a vast range of music. How do you create, like, how do you combat writer's block? Um... I think I've gotten to a point where I can, which is a good and a bad thing. Like I can force a song, like a decent song. Like I can kind of oh. like, okay, let's do it. Um, a lot of the times when I'm not feeling the, like all oh, the natural creative vibe on it, I'll start to dissect, you know, cause like, you know, there's choices. Sometimes if I don't like something, I'll just squash it if I'm doing it myself. Yeah. But if, you know, I have a specific brief, or like, oh, we're pitching to this artist, you're working with this producer, and they kind of use they give me like, here's the track idea that the label likes, or that's yeah. in the right direction. Um, what was that? Oh, motorcycles. Oh. Crazy. <laughs> um, the sound that co- like whatever's outside, yeah. yo, yo, it's, it's hectic. <laughs> the window, the window's open. It's crazy. Oh. Out there. Um. 
yeah so you can force a song when i when yeah like i kind of go into the dissect mode where i'll you know i'm think i start thinking technical like okay where do i want the chorus to sit you know melody range you know i start playing a little bit of a numbers game with this yeah song. like this to, to find because to find like the there's there's going to be beauty in there somewhere you know there's the right there's the right marriage of you know if you trust the other creator on the other side you know <clears throat> It's up to me now to find the right marriage of melody because i've written songs on beats and then yeah. heard somebody else's song on the beat and be like oh that's fucking better that's than my song <laughs> you know, that's, oh, that's just playing better that's a better perspective you know that's just better than my song yeah so like trying to find the best you know there's a way there's you know there's different ways to look at it and like different rhythms you know and okay like, on the flip side how do you get like what gives you inspiration? Um, sometimes a great song, like a gr- mm. hearing hearing a great song, and not necessarily stealing the song, but stealing the energy that the song gotcha. made. You know, like yeah, how did it make you? Think, yeah, it's kind of writing into that feeling that it gave yeah, you. Yeah, know? I guess that. the feeling of loss. Is it the feeling of happiness? Yeah. And, you know, and then <clears throat> there's also weird, like, geeky things that excite me is, like, song structure. Like, oh, wow, they put that there? Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm, I like that. Oh, I know what you did there. I'm going to do that. You know, there's, like, you know, taking yeah. pieces like that. Oh, you brought the chorus back after this? Okay, that's good, you know? That's um, true. You know, so, like, that stuff really excites me. And then, like, you know, personal experience, if, you know when you're going through something that's probably the best inspiration for yeah. anything you know it's a little bit self-deprecating but at mm. times right because you know when you're fucking in the shits and you're <laughs> wrong you know sometimes as a creator you think you milk that um you milk that feeling for all it's worth you know yeah if you're, fucking, if you're smart that's interesting smart. because it's like almost like it, i feel like it's something that normal like non-artists don't do where it's just like yeah. you embrace everything you're feeling and actually work through it yeah, I think it, I, think like, I don't yeah. do that shit. Like, they're... I think it's helpful and therapeutic to kind of put I'm it out there saying. and listen, and then listen to listen back to him and be like, "Damn, you're fucking dramatic, bro. Get over yourself. Like, I mean, get over yourself, bro. Like, that's it's how like, it's it's self. It creates self awareness, right? Because yeah. like someone like myself, I'm like fucking sweeping it under the rug the fucking bump under the rug is massive like yeah so here's the here's the here's the punch on that right like it's the ones that when you listen to them they they transform you back there you know sometimes you listen to the stuff oh yeah you know what i'm fucking that's i'm too into that and you write those overly fucking uh gratuitous whatever songs that kind of like every single feeling spewed out like word vomit. Yeah. You'd write, you'd write a ton of those ones until you kind of, you kind of find this median where it's like, that's the feeling. Yeah. You don't have, you don't have to say so much to convey the feeling, you know, you're able to compress the thoughts of like, you know, three thoughts into one feeling. And that's kind of where you start to get those type of songs that kind of live forever. Yeah. That's sick. 
And like, how do you create such a range of different sounds? Because you've literally worked with such different artists. Like obviously you mentioned Justin Bieber, there's Chris Brown, Girlicious. Mm-hmm. I saw that and I lost my shit. I love Girlicious. Is, I love working Girlicious. They were so cool. That's so sick. Yeah. Kalani, Tabitha, obviously, who we mentioned, mm-hmm. who's a soul child, Ayaz, which is like Sean Kingston. So like, these are all very yeah. different fucking artists. And even like your album, The Fallout, like the sound was very, very, like there was a huge mm-hmm. range there. So it's like, how do you create for such different sounds? Because to me, that's like super intelligent to like, where does your imagination um, go? I think that's all like attributed to like my musical pre- preference, right? Like, okay. Um, and I can attribute my musical preference to like my upbringing, uh, my yeah. environment, um, my friends and my family, my family, especially like they were the, obviously the, the first people I knew. So they were the first kind of point of, Oh, let me see. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I'm just trying to get my parking information. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Uh, you're attributing like your family's the first set of people you. Oh know? yeah, so like like my family's really into karaoke, and they're yeah. really into my. Weirdly enough, it was like I learned a lot of my musical vocabulary from karaoke music. Nice. Number one. Um, 80s cock pop rock songs like journey and um what's that what's the other what's the eagles and stuff like that um and then reggae my parents loved reggae it was so weird like they loved like my dad had this one reggae mixtape that would just uh, all like for years, that was the, it. Just stayed on rotation in like the car, just like it flipped to the other side, and yeah, this is a fire mixtape though. I remember. That's fucking yeah. dope. And that's like that. that's that's where my and then that, I guess some of it that kind of led me into like R and B, you know, like yeah. it was like the next level of my listening. Getting into like school, mm-hmm. and seeing what the you know what my friends were listening to got me into like hip hop and R and B and. Um, yeah, that's where kind of I sat because that's where my friends did. I didn't that's really get introduced to that like really pop, pop, pop stuff until like the Backstreet and NSYNC phase came into yeah. play. And then I was like, oh, these songs are kind of fire. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So Yeah, pop music is great. Like it's just like, no. sometimes it's like some fuck shit they're saying. You're like, yo, that's like hectic. But then like the beach is there and you're like, oh yeah. shit, like you're just, it's Good, just like vibe to in general right like good music is good music there's a lot of shit pop out there but of course like but um yeah pop is just i feel like pop can be anything now right yeah pop can be anything now it's crazy like we've all cross-pollinated the genres of course absolutely and like does your writing uh, process differ for yourself versus when you're writing for somebody else i um i try not to like i try not to differentiate that um, only because my, the songs that everybody has loved for me, that people are like, oh, you know, I need this song for my artist has always been something that I put a lot of myself into, you know, like you. never, never have I landed something amazing without putting my like heart into it, you know, like yeah. it had to be my one, you know, some of my very best to like yeah. shine through. Um, so I try not to separate myself, whether it's like a female artist I'm doing it for, you know, I'm still thinking of it as would I sing this song? Yeah. 
you know, would I sing the song? Because if I wouldn't sing this song, why would they, you know, it still has to have like on some level, you know, it has, I have to be like, yeah, I like this. Yeah. Do you know if a song is going to be for you or not? Sometimes I just love something so much that I'm just like, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to keep it for myself. Or sometimes I like something so much that I just won't play it for somebody anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know what, they, sometimes I reason it as, oh, this is too different. They won't get it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I'm not going to lie, like, you know, songs that I've wanted for myself, like that I've intended for myself, like when the opportunity for like somebody big comes up and like, oh, they can see if they like it. And if they like it, you know, then we can cross that bridge. Yeah. When I get there, because like, you know, those are my best songs. And if I'm going to shop it to like, you know, some of these are like the best artists, I should put my best foot forward, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And like, I think this was interesting because how have you adapted to the streaming market? Because like the average song is now under mm. three minutes. How do you tell yeah. a coherent story in a short, like that amount of time? Um, I guess you, you know, it's not always in the in the quantity of words, right? So yeah. it, it has become more challenging to kind of put, um, to create some depth in the story with, you know, yeah. with these short, you know, with these short formats. Um, but it's a song, you know, it's a song. So there's a way to do it. You know, you just kind of got to condense a story. And listen, on, on a creative level, if you want to tell that story, you know, go, for, go right ahead and tell the story. No, if, and if it takes four minutes, it takes four minutes. And the person, sure. the fan that's for you is going to listen to that four minutes. Absolutely. Know? Yeah, absolutely. And but I want... You, yeah. <clears throat> but again, you you know, you can do that. and But you, may, you just got to make sure you have that, you know, that other side of things, you know, to absolutely. lead your fans to that. Absolutely. Yeah, it has to be yeah. like, you have to like catch their attention. Yeah. Quite early on or it's kind of like, Yeah. And like, do you, do you write, do you, do you care about this whole like TikTok thing where it's like a 15, like we're taking the 15 seconds, even on reels too, where it's like the 15 mm. seconds. Like, so are you thinking about those moments? I'm not thinking right about those, mo I'm not thinking about those moments, but when I'm listening back to the song, like, oh, okay, that could be a moment, you know, or yeah. oh, that could be a moment. Um, that's, I mean, and like, that's all it takes, right? So in terms of like getting something you know, that 15 seconds is just like, you know, whatever the best beautiful 15 seconds of the song is. Or For sure. The catchiest part. Um, yeah, and then it, I think it's cool because then you get a chance to get these um, people that wouldn't normally have heard your song, like listen yeah. to your song. Yeah. It's cool. I mean, listen, I've never been one to complain about like the music industry. It's, you know, it's changing and it's evolving. And it's cool. Yeah. We, <clears throat> you, you just have to go with it you know you yeah. just have, have to you know find your find your place in it and then you know you can it's always a choice you can choose to do the things you want to do and hope for the best or you can adapt and you know find a way to feel the dream and feel your desire through you know learning something new absolutely yeah and i want to get into this now because i've been itching to ask you you oh, sure. bts I think that's mm -hmm. fucking dope. So like Black Swan and On, and those are their singles. Like those weren't even like just random songs in the album. Like those are yeah. fucking singles. How the fuck does that even happen? Like, so it was like a, it wasn't like a oh we need songs from August. You know, it was it didn't go really like that. It was it was kind of like we got to figure out how to write some songs for BTS. Okay, who do we know that works with BTS? So Brian actually choreographs a lot of their stadium shows for the tour. Oh shit. 
Right. So, you know, but this is like before, like they were huge, right? Brian was, did a lot, does a lot of like the K-pop, J-pop stuff. Same. You know, do choreography out there. Um, <clears throat> so we got a contact from his, their, his contact, which kind of like led us to the A&R department. And, you know, like they were like, yeah, August would like to see if you guys are interested in having him write some songs for you guys. And, just fucking sent sent mad songs. Once we got the contact, we started sending mad songs. Yeah. Um, and then eventually, you know, we'd get some responses, we get some, you know, little leads, and then they were like, "Yo, we have these two songs we're working on for um, these two beats for BTS that they really like, and yeah. you know, we need top lines." So you know, I just started penning up some top lines on them. Um, and then you know, we I did one with my boy Vince, and then the other one was done with a couple of, uh, like they were all done with a bunch of people remotely. So I, what I, what would happen is I would get the song at the end and would have like one person's pre-chorus, half of my verse, half of my chorus, my bridge and, or somebody else's second half verse, you know? So I was, I had to sing it all over to kind of like give it the, make it sound like one song. Um, yeah, and that's kind of how it happened. And I didn't know that we they were gonna come out until the day it came out. And somebody was like, "Yo, you have the next BTS singer." Holy so, fuck! Yeah, did it you, was pretty. It was pretty did crazy. You, did you go to South Korea? Mm-hmm. No, wow. I wrote that song like I wrote two. I'm not one or both of them with my daughter, like in my no office, sleeping, and I had a mic like wrapped around my neck. Yeah, that's it was crazy. so cool. And like. How did you write it to make it smooth for translation? Like, were you thinking about to um, speak Korean? So, like, no, I don't speak Korean, but I did, have been doing like K-pop and been writing uh, for Korean like pop, um, K-pop uh, bands since like 2013. So Sweet. I was, uh, so I've been kind of in it and been able to like learn a little bit about, you know, not the language so to speak, but what they expect melodically okay. and rhythmically. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so like it's. I try to write like with a lot of rhythm, a lot of consonants so that they can pick them out and kind of the translation is a little smoother there. I don't yeah. think too much about it more. I just try not to be too complicated with the English, you know, gotcha. so, so that it doesn't, you know, because, you know, it could, you could do some really comp- complex stuff, but it might not translate like, in, the, in the language. So absolutely. Yeah. And like, do you think about like when you were writing this, like, are you thinking about like writing with a global appeal or like you would just kind of focus on- So lyrically, I'm not really thinking as heavy, you know, sometimes they'll give me a direction, like this should yeah. be up, this should be uplifting or this is a sad or this is a group or, you know, this is a lonely heart or, you know, like yeah. things like that or a title and I'll kind of go with that direction. But um, lyrically, when I know it's going to be translated, I'm really, really focused on the best melodies, you know, gotcha. uh, how how it sings. So like the lyric may not make sense, but it sings really well. I'm going to take, I'll take that. Yeah, that's super dope. That's yeah. like, congrats on that. Cause like they had a virtual concert in October of last year that sold almost a million tickets. I'm pretty Crazy. sure like a lot of people's favorites can't sell out a million virtual tickets. Like their fan base is insane. Like, like it's super sick to see like did you see did you see they did um they did like a a bts official bts fan thing in yorkdale no it it was ridiculous it was when i say it was crazy it was like line up out the door oh my i can only imagine like i can only imagine yeah but like sorry i'm not even saying right like 
light like four or five circles around the parking lot. What? Yeah, it was fucking ridiculous. That's amazing. I love that so much. And I, like to me, it's so smart because yeah, like the boy bands like really like they they capitalize on a market of people who are like really really going to be there show up buy like super loyal people so like i'm not saying everybody should become a boy band but like no the fandom is yeah you got girls passing on i haven't seen that in so long like i haven't seen like like insane boys days yeah no it's crazy the fandom is nuts yeah and okay so how has your expectation changed for yourself over time um i don't know a a lot a little you know i i um, i still expect i think i actually expect a lot more for myself than i i do like right now than i did back back then yeah Um, i think that comes from a bit of self-awareness i was you know young and like ignorant you know and that and a little bit egotistical but that kind of that confidence propelled me to where I needed to get to you know to to become this person which I'm you know very happy with and but I'm almost still learning yeah no I'm I'm always still learning but at least I know that I'm still learning you know I'm in that phase I guess um as an artist like I always wanted to be like Michael Jackson you know I always wanted that and then I realized, okay, maybe Michael Jackson is not for me. Um, but, you know, I think I'm being, you know, just being able to like live and create this catalog and have a, an outlet to put, put it out now myself is, um, it's kind of helping me approach that goal of, you know, where I, th- where, you know, where, you know, between the Michael Jackson and just, you know, being the August Rego artist, yeah. you know? Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm figuring, I'm figuring that it's like, you know, at least you can put out these records and, you know, let, let, let the world hear, hear your stuff and, you know, see how it goes, you know, absolutely. it's a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a nomad plan, but <laughs> I see, I feel like it seems to be working for you. I mean, you know, like <laughs> I just, I, I'm just doing, I'm just doing what I do, like, you know, making music, putting the, putting the content out. And yeah. you know, seeing, seeing if the creativity can, like, if I can ride the wave of creativity. That's sick. And like, how are you balancing life? Because you have a beautiful family. Like, your daughter just turned one. That's like two. Turned two. two. Oh shit! Congrats! Oh my god, that's crazy. crazy. Like, I'm sure that like, how are you finding time to do music and like, obviously, be there <clears throat> and be present um, moments. Yeah this is the um, unique kind of situation you're in as a creator, you know, like you're, you're really your own boss. So it's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to work 12 hours today. I'm going to fucking write yeah. the greatest song ever. Or I can be like, yo, I'm going to work a couple hours. I'm going to go play with the baby. You know? Sick. That's, that's the, I guess that's the fun part about not having a schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how like the, you know that's how I do it before and then now I think that the real parenting is starting to begin so we, we you know we have to you know there's a lot of scheduling and I guess yeah. scheduling you know scheduling time to work is um, really important between me and Jeanette so yeah. usually like I'll work 
you know, whatever I need to work on during the days. And then, you know, when the baby goes to sleep, we do the Jeanette stuff. Sick. Yeah. So like, you know, a little bit of scheduling, a little bit of like, yeah, I don't feel like working today. Sick. Balance. Also yeah. Balance. Moderation, um, even moderation yeah, and moderation. Yeah. yeah. And what's the most important thing you think you've learned in your time within the industry? Um, I think it's to <clears throat> don't depend on anybody else but yourself. I like that one. I like that yeah. one a lot because we spoke a you lot know? about expectations and like. Yeah, I feel like you should take accountability for all the dumb shit or smart shit you do. And, you know, it's nobody's fault, you know, why you're broke. You know, you have to kind of figure it out. Yeah. You know, no one's coming to save you. It's just yeah. you. No matter what. You know, no matter what. So you have to, you know, make sure you make sure you cover it, you know, cover yourself. Yeah. And I like to end every episode with a little celebration. I think you could all celebrate yourself. Let us know a humble brag, my friend. Something you're proud of. Oh, a humble brag. <clears throat> Man, I don't know. Got a lot of no I'm just joking. No, uh, <laughs> I actually love um, that. That's a fucking sick one. Because no, I, I um, have a lot to be happy about and like proud of. Yeah, when I got my first deal, um, I I used I used pretty much you know the majority of that money to to buy my parents' house, <gasps> and, like kind of clear their debts and stuff like that. Wow. So that's my like that's my proudest moment. But also, yeah, there's my humble brag. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow, that's... Which is which is crazy because so ten years later, we were able to sell that house, get my parents their own place, and also um, put a really good down payment on a place for me and Jeanette. So it, that's it's fucking sick. Crazy. You, so, like you still live in Toronto, right? Or like yeah, yeah, GTA. Yeah. And like yeah, the house prices are not cheap. It's crazy. At all. So yes. like that is a it's crazy. Congrats. So we were able to do that, which is dope. And I think like yo, that's ten years. I wasn't even thinking that was the plan. You know. Yo. 10, 10 no, that's fucked because yeah, look at how much prices have skyrocketed within the last ten years. So like, kudos to you. I love that one. Crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like so, I mean, it's such unintentional, dumb fucking luck, man. <laughs> No, there's some intelligence there. Don't undermine it. No, and like not, no. <laughs> like let's be real. Like I was just like, yo, this is like I'm fuck. I'm from an Asian. Well, my family. mama house. Right. I'm from a. I'm, you know, I'm like immigrant fam. That's like the dream, right? And I was yeah, able to do it. I was like, yo, I'm gonna fucking do this. Yeah. Like, it, was, it wasn't even a doubt in my mind, which is hilarious. Like I was like, yeah, this is. This is what we're gonna do right now. Like this is what 100%. we're gonna do. We're gonna, we're gonna make this. We're gonna make this pop. Wow, it yo. was like the, it was the best decision I ever made. Like best decision I ever made. Hand Honestly, hand. I yeah. I feel like it's the best decision anybody within Toronto yeah. can make. <laughs> yeah, I thank you so much, August. I think that people are gonna learn so much from your journey. Thank you for being so candid, so honest, so open. Because that's no everything problem. I wanted for this podcast. Um, Amazing. Thank you for having I'm so me. Excited. You are fucking dope. Holy shit. <laughs>